Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody jump, 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 yes, yes, yes. Jump. A Wednesday morning. Taz of the Moose with you on CBS Sports Radio as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house your home? Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. You've got Mike Pete across the way. Bogus, your updates. Taz back with us just after a day out sick. How you feeling, big guy? Oh, I was just going to call you big guy, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm not a hundred percent. It's not contagious. Uh, it's kind of a sinus thing, but I'm here. Um, as you know, I grind. Um, this is well documented. Uh, that's what I do, Moose, and I'm here again. Not yeah. contagious. Yes. Not a hundred percent. I'm just setting the table on that deal because they'll let you know that I'm still a little bit, uh, you know, as we say, Shangad. Yeah, well, yeah. I won't be making out with you later. No, this so will make out. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there but, you but, go. But, so, I'm, uh, I'm just, it's a sinus. I appreciate the heads up. You understand because you've had the, the sinus thing and you, you know, you get the, the yeah, nasal yeah. issues, no, as we know, you. and the blowing of the nose and the, the runny nose and the well, blowout and all glad that. Glad to we see know. you again. It's great to see you, yeah. champ. Yeah, all there right. you go. So yeah. it's good to see you again. And, great to uh, see you. Glad that you're battling through. I mean, I saw you a day and a half ago. I mean, so it's not like I didn't see you in, like, months. So it's great to see you again. I mean, Moose, I just saw you. <laughs> I just, I mean, I missed the oh, day no, of work. Just, you know what I mean? I got I, Well, yeah. I, I, okay, I was just happy that you're healthier and back to work. That's all That's all I meant. Words have power, Moose. You know that. I understand. Yes, they do. Welcome, yes, they ladies do. and gentlemen, to Taz and the Moose. Uh, rip-roaring <laughs> start. It's uh, uh, plenty to get into <laughs> as we, uh, uh, Barrett Sele will join us a little bit later on in the program. Uh, looking forward to that conversation. Um, and we begin with the news that came down the National Football League yesterday in terms of the uh, the Carolina Panthers deciding to fire their head coach, Ron Rivera, after their loss over the weekend on Sunday at home against the Washington Redskins, a game in which they were a double-digit favorite. Uh, you've seen the Carolina Panthers play well at times this year, like they did in a close loss to Green Bay. You've seen them get destroyed. I mean, you know, that was a, a double-digit margin in the fourth quarter against the Washington Redskins. They lost to the Atlanta Falcons uh, at home, in which Atlanta uh, beat them uh, by a distinct margin. They went out to San Francisco, got utterly embarrassed by the 49ers. Uh, Rivera's been there for quite some time, 20 games over the 500 mark. You know, that trip to the Super Bowl that he had, uh, in which Carolina uh, did lose to uh, the Denver Broncos that afternoon. Um, uh, but still, um, you look at it for Ron Rivera, I guess, uh, as the general manager and, and owner came out yesterday, basically felt like it was time. Yeah, I know. It's uh, like you never want to see this. Uh, no matter how good or bad a coach is in the middle of the season, it's tough. I mean, uh, and this guy's been there a long time, and, and you know, and this guy was was, you know, definitely was a great player, a great, excellent linebacker. His success with the, with that, that that great Chicago Bears defense and all that jazz. People know his history. I mean, a Super Bowl appearance, four playoff runs. I mean, the whole deal. So, I mean, it's like he's had he's had success as a coach. I think he'll end up coaching somewhere, somewhere again soon. But um, 
this this you know the owner. This is not his guy. Rivera wasn't his guy. He inherited his guy when when he bought the, the club, bought the team. So you know how that goes, Moose. A lot of times when that happens, you're on a short list, especially when you're losing all the games that that the Panthers have lost, uh, like you just laid out. I mean, especially losing four in a row and what they've just the lackluster performance of this Panther team, uh, which it seems like just yesterday were known as a a you know stout defense, excellent team, Cam Newton running the muck, throwing the muck. And now it's like they're a former shell of themselves. Uh, they are, um, and you know, I you know, I, I agree and disagree in terms of your point in terms of the owner. Um, you know, I I think it's more a case of they they looked at Rivera hadn't been there quite some time. The messaging sometimes uh, can wear thin on some veteran players if it's the same one. The disappointing way that this came to an end. It was not that long ago that Ron Rivera was on the hot seat with the Carolina Panthers, um, and people thought maybe he was going to get fired a year ago, year and a half ago. Uh, ended up surviving because the team ended up playing well. Um, and uh, this year's just ended disastrously. Uh, you know, the Cam Newton injury, and then you throw Allen in at quarterback. And, you know, he has played well, but he's played poorly as of late. Uh, you know, prone to the turnover. Uh, McCaffrey, we know how dynamic he is at the running back position, Taz. I, I do think as a coach, sometimes you can wear out your welcome in terms of your messaging. Right. Um, and I think for Rivera down there in Carolina, I, I think they probably, and no fault of his own, I think he's a good head coach. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I would not be surprised if he's got a job in 2020 uh, running another organization. Uh, but I do think uh, for the Carolina Panthers, they wanted to freshen things up and kind of move on because it's going to be a, a state of transition this offseason. Uh, for them, so why not get into uh, you know the moving pieces? Arguably, Cam Newton's going to be gone as a Carolina Panther. Uh, they have to find their new quarterback of the future. If it's not the guy that's starting right now, then somebody else. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit of a transition in terms of the face of that franchise here moving forward. And they didn't feel like Rod Rivera was the guy to take him where they need to go. Right? No, no. I mean, all factually cor- correct. But when when you say you you agree disagree, like when you talk about David Tepper, the owner. I mean, what what are you disagreeing about? I mean, he he did inherit more him. the general manager than the owner. Mm, okay, like I, sure. when you when you make that argument in terms of a guy uh, not having his guy, right? I think right. it's uh, I think it's whether the general manager inherited the head coach or manager uh, rather than the owner. Uh, I think if you know, I, I think if the owner is a. I, I don't think it, I don't I don't necessarily think that's like kind of a deciding factor. I, I I think if if I'm a GM and I come in to run a franchise, I want to bring in my guy. Right, but the yes, I agree. No, I agree. The, you, you know, know the, that, that happens that, in all businesses, and you're right. And you're well, not, correct. I mean, the Jets didn't do that with Ron Rivera. You see that you see teams do that. You know, uh, rear end backwards all the time, right? Uh, where right. they decide to keep the coach and bring in a, a new general manager, and it often does not work out because that head coach is not their guy. So that's the way. Kind of, I well, look at that, you know, right. uh, that argument or you know right. that point in terms of I think it's more to do with the general manager than it is the owner, right? But as you know, and everybody listening to us knows that the, the owner is always going to trump, you know, the general manager. And you could have an owner who might not agree with the general manager and still like the general manager, but not want to have, but not listen to him about firing a head coach or because I mean, sure, you want the GM to have his guys. I understand that. I do. I get that. But at the end of the day, as you know, I mean, I would assume you know this. I would assume you would agree with this. It's David Tepper's decision on who his head coach is. It's not the GM's decision. I know he wants to keep his GM happy. I get that. But I just think coming in as a new owner, you know, uh, an analytics guy is Tepper, you know, where, where Rivera is maybe more of an old school guy. And it seems like Tepper wants to get a little more ultra modern. 
And that's not really who Rivera is. That's why I'm saying I think it was more or less Tepper because, as the owner, because he wants to have a newer feel and a, a, his stamp on this team. That's how I look at it, but you know we can agree to disagree. Yeah, I think every situation is a little bit different. Sure. So, oh, yeah, I, I mean, sure. I don't think you can have it. Uh, certainly, we all understand the influence of the owner. He owns the team. Right. That's um, my point. Yeah, yeah but uh, I, I do think there's a lot of owners that turn it over, the football decisions to the general manager um, in terms of uh, where the GM wants to go. Uh, and and lets the football guys be the football guys. Now, that's not every instance. As we know, there's many examples that don't. Uh, The Washington Redskins, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, up and down the line where the owner is heavily involved in in the football-making decisions. But I I don't think that's uh, um, a broad stroke one way or the other. I'm just giving you, you know, my personal personal opinion in terms of more often than not, I think it's the general manager in terms of wanting his own guy rather than uh, it being the owner. But with that being said, you know, you look at, you know, Carolina right now in in terms of where that franchise is. And if you're a Panther fan, you know, are you happy with the firing of Ron Rivera? Are you? Did you think that maybe Rivera deserved the rest of the year? You've got a month to go. What's the point of finding Ron Rivera now with four games to go? Is it a case where you think this Carolina Panther team is all of a sudden going to rip off a four-game winning streak? Or is it a case of, they just wanted to get you know, get on moving on because they felt like that was a decision they were going to make after the season. So they have the embarrassing loss to the Washington Redskins, so it was time to go. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It would be interesting to see, uh, to, your, to your question, to your point, with, with Panther fans, how they're feeling today that they have uh, potentially, you know, they're going to have a new coach uh, for the foreseeable future and that, that Rivera's gone. I, I, I don't know, my gut tells me it feels like Rivera was – it's tough to you know paraphrase fan bases as you know, but but not paraphrase, but stereotype I should say, and group them all together. But I I feel like Rivera was really liked by Panther fans. I don't know why. I'm not a Panther fan. I'm, not, I'm indifferent. I'm not a Panther hater. I just feel like Rivera. You, know, you, you agree? Like he kind of had that aura about him, like that real football guy, defensive minded, tough guy. He seems likable. Seems kind of seems like a player's coach. I mean, let's pretend he still had his gig. Let's say he was in the Super Bowl. Let's say he was everything was going great for him. Did, did you ever look at Rivera? I'm asking you. Did you look at Rivera as a guy that fans liked, like as an overview? You know what I mean? They're just um, looking at him and the way he coached up his team. I don't know if I ever. I don't know if I ever looked at it or looked at it like from that. Uh... Like, is he a likable guy? That's yeah, what I'm asking. I, mean, I think Rivera's likable. Yeah, that's. I do too. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's not. Whatever, just whatever. Yeah, no, I don't understand the point that. No, the, it's, a, it's a simple question. Is do you think he's a likable guy? Like as a coach, some coaches you could they could be good coaches, and they don't seem like likable guys. You know, Bel, Bill Belichick doesn't seem like a likable guy, but over the years, all his success, he's a guru, and he's loved because he's a, such a big time winner, and he's become a character of himself on these pressers with the one word answers, the gruffy voice, and it's kind of funny. So he becomes likable. I'm just asking. I'm just using Belichick as an example. <clears throat> yeah. I'm just saying. Is do you feel Rivera, in your opinion, is a was a likable guy? Like the Panther uh, fans, as an yeah. overview, liked him. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I guess to an extent. Yeah, I, I think it has a lot to do with whether or not they're winning or not. I mean, I don't think Rod Rivera was ever viewed as a great tactician um, on the sideline. <clears throat> I think he made some decisions that were kind of. Um, a little mind-numbing, uh, whether it be uh, challenges, whether it be whether to go for two. I think 
those discussions. I, I, I think the, you know, you bring up the Packer game, uh, you know, as a perfect case in point, uh, where he decides to go for two, where there was no need to go for two late in that game, and it made little to no sense whatsoever. Uh, you know, and I know the whole idea of Riverboat Ron and going for it on fourth down and going for two point. I get that, but at that stage of the game in the fourth quarter made little to no sense. I, I, you know, I, I think Rivera was viewed as a guy that certainly connected with his players. You mentioned it in terms of, I mean, he had a meeting where he argued against technology, uh, you know, going back three years ago uh, and the advancement of technology in the National Football League. So, yes, he is a more of a quote-unquote old-school guy. He's not one that's embracing, you know, the modern ad- analytics when you look at the National Football League and the way that professional sports are looked at uh, nowadays. But... I think the connection to players based on the fact of what he accomplished as a player, uh, as a member of the Chicago Bears, the fact that he was a former defensive coordinator with the San Diego Chargers, then the San Diego Chargers. He had success with the Carolina Panthers. You ran through what he accomplished down there in Carolina, Taz. Uh, I think there are things to like, uh, but I also think that if you wanted to uh, pick apart his his job as a head coach, I think there are things you can find that uh, Ron Rivera was probably felt a little bit shorted. Yeah, and <clears throat> you said something earlier there, and I had mentioned it, I touched on it a little bit in the top of this segment here about technology, and you're right. You know, Rivera did did have that that deal against technology, talking about that, and, and he is old-school, blue-collar, smash-mouth football-type guy, hence why he was such a tough, nasty linebacker when he in his playing days. But I do think that that's why I mentioned Tepper, because Tepper – is an analytics-driven guy, okay? He's he's a little bit more modern for a guy in his early 60s as Tepper, but yet he's a very modern-thinking, <clears throat> proactive type with, the like I said, analytics that maybe, and I, I think this is part of the reason why Rivera's done, not just the losing. The losing is a, big, a massive part of it, obviously, but because Tepper, I do think, will bring someone in there, and forget the GM for a minute, that is a little bit more of a younger-thinking uh, technology-driven, like a lot of these younger coaches are, and I do think he wants to kind of not feel like he has someone at the helm who's not winning and maybe has an archaic mindset. See, that's where I think Tepper is. Yeah. You know, that, that's, so that's why I'm saying, like, I, I don't think it's all on the GM, I'm meaning that the GM wanted his own head coach. I think it's Tepper. Because of you know how he is, I got yeah. You know. I don't want, I don't want anybody to confuse the point. I was talking about the fact of I I, I do think every situation is a little <clears> bit different. I agree um, with you. I agree and, with you. and I was saying that I do think more often than not, when you bring in a GM, you you know eighty percent of the time the GM is the one that's controlling the coach, uh, not the owner. Uh, but every situation is a little bit different. You know, the Tepper example is a, a fine example in, in terms of when you look at. The way he's viewing football and the way Ron Rivera looks looks at football, right? Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean it's and and listen for Rivera now. You have to see exactly. I guess for Carolina, the thing that you look at now is you know things are changing, um, and for that franchise moving forward, where Rivera is no longer going to be marching on the sideline, we'll see what new coach is there stepping in following this season. Cam Newton, who you know was said he was you know. Uh, you know, kind of uh, hit to the heart that Rivera gets fired. In all likelihood, Cam Newton might be having a new home after this season as well. You know, that Panther franchise is going to look a lot different moving forward from what we've grown accustomed to, Taz, mm. over the last five to ten years. Yeah, no, no, I agree. That's totally different, totally different deal. 
And I believe the interim head coach is Perry Farrell, I believe. That's what the interim guy is right now, the secondary coach. Fuel. Yep. Right? Perry and Fuel. so here's some, a little advice to the Carolina Panthers from me, Taz. Um, talk to your IT guy who runs or girl who runs your website, and where it says head coach, you still have Ron Rivera on there. I'll take that down. You might want to change that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just a little suggestion. That's there all. You go. Just saying. You know what I mean? You might want to stay. Being that you're such, Mr. Tepper, you're such a progressive, analytics, technology driven yeah. guy, fix your website. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 855 212 4CBS. 855 212 4227. That is your number to call. It's Taz of the Moose just getting going here on this Wednesday morning, midweek edition of Taz of the Moose right here with you. CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Bogus and Martin were having a conversation. Zach, that is, outside. Zach was in the hospital. Food poisoning. <sighs> There's Zach one was way in to, the hospital? Yeah, yes. one way to win me back. Tell me how you almost died, because yeah, I'm too nice to... What did he eat? He said he's not sure what, what it yeah. was from. Yeah, so not that I'm a doctor... But I feel like you, when the doctor says you had food poisoning, you should want to draw a direct line, basically, from the sickness to the meal. But Zach doesn't know what he ate that would have made him sick because he says his family had eaten all the same stuff with him beforehand, and no one else got sick. So I don't know. But maybe I could picture him uh, eating, like, three-quarter cooked chicken breast. Like with some salmonella, like kind of raw, rawish. Just risking it. Like, yeah, like yeah. T- just saying, just because he's kind uh, of a, a maverick, you know, like that's kind of his thing. When but I think then Zach, being I think mad maverick. at the people for giving him the chicken, even though he yeah. chose to still eat it. Right. Well, I, I'd still be mad at the people that served me the chicken if it's. I could picture him cooking it himself and just making oh, the error. Well, then, yeah, well, then that, <laughs> that then could happen. be. Yeah, that could happen <laughs> as well. <laughs> I mean, that's. But Bogus is right. give a shot. I asked, him, I asked him the question. I go, what do you eat? He goes, I'm not sure. I go, well, if no one else Oh, you got talked to, to him too? Well, I just asked him quickly. Yeah, oh. I was walking in. I, I said, well, how exactly, how exactly does no one else get sick and then you get sick and everyone ate the same thing? And he was like hard. Like he said, it, worst pain of his life in the hospital. Had every possible test to make sure it wasn't anything serious. So, I mean, he was at a 10 and no one else had a symptom, which well, seems odd. Well, how many days did he miss? He was not here Monday or or yesterday. Yeah. Did he get questioned like I do when I miss two days of he being sick? He brought a letter. Yeah. Brought, did he really bring a letter? It was, yeah, it was... Uh, Certified. Yep. Yeah, Notary Republic. No, From Notary Republic? Yeah. Oh, I think you, guys, no. <laughs> you guys had me hook letters. Unbelievable. Brought the know. doctor with him. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody questioned it. So, right, right. But I miss a day or two. Oh, it's like the roof's going to fall down. Um, well, he doesn't yeah. walk around pounding his chest about the grind. Well, right. it's just I just want people to know the deal. I mean, <laughs> I get you. sick, Moose, as you know. Uh, it, it, and it, you call out right away. It, I do. And it trickles over from CBS Sports Radio right to WFAN. I think 1010 Wins covers it. It's breaking everywhere. Breaking news. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's, wow. People yeah. are like, but not like breaking <laughs> news. Like, it's just that people are uh, like, why is he not here? Well, I don't know. The guy's not a machine. You know, but anyway, speaking of non machines, would you prefer to be missed? 
No, like it's noticed that you're not here. No. I want to be. I want to be invisible. Well, uh, That's what I want to be. Well, there's a difference between. I mean, being missed and questioning whether or not you're sick. See, you keep going back to that. You did that a week ago. You did it again. And it's that's fine. You just I mean, said that's it. fine. I mean, you I know I did it. not. I did not. You, I, you I didn't just said Zach Martin was questioned whether or not he was like sick. You were. But if like I did were. that to you, oh my God. What, what do, you, do you mean? I would never do that. I'm always sick. When I'm sick, I'm really sick. I gotta. See, but what? me, I laugh it off. But you, it's okay. It's a moose joke. What are you talking about? Who's allowed to make a little joke wait like a imply that a man is Andrew, not sick wait, when he's sick? I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, am I? Did, on did he just not say on the air? Was Zach questioned like he was? Whether he or not, did. No, 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 I don't. Began. But I didn't. Hold on did a second. I, did so maybe, not maybe, just say maybe, that? maybe you guys misunderstood me. Hang on a second. When I, I kind of did say that. I remember my exact words. Hold Let's on. Rewind listen, the tape. <laughs> listen, it's not on tape anymore. This is not Mike and the Mad Dog anymore. Those days are gone. So it's digital now. So here's the thing, right? When I say question, I don't. I, you're right. I did say that, I, but it can't. <laughs> well, hold up, but hold on. Don't just, don't just. And then you're yelling at me for bringing that uh, up. I didn't even they, bring it can up. Can I finish the sentence just one time on the show over two no, years? No, not when you, not oh when you're point, saying I did what something. Whether you brought saying, it up, what I meant was because sometimes, believe it or not, Moose, you could say things the wrong way and they come out wrong. That happens. I said at the top of the show, words have power, and even I make mistake with words. Okay, so I'm an award winner. Yeah. I'm well, just well documented my success, yeah. let's be frank. But here's the thing. When I said that about being questioned, I didn't mean it like you're saying. I understand how most people could be confused. What I meant was question like, well, uh, what happened? What was wrong with you? That type of thing. Oh, are you okay? Oh, you're back. Hey, that's what I mean. I don't mean like question like, oh, wait, is he really sick? I didn't mean that with Zach. I would never imply that. I leave that up to you to imply that people are faking sickness. That's what you do, Moose. But I, I can no, see why you're I, confused. I didn't do it. Yes, you did. You just did it. No, did you say I, to me? You did it last week. Did it again? Not, I didn't question whether or not you were sick. I was saying other people did. No, but you just throw that out there. But it's okay. I'm used to it. I understand. It. I understand. I, 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 well, it's not I, a problem. No, no. But I Andrew, you're be allowed to talk. This is not like an argument. Like whatever. even if there is an argument, you're allowed to speak. This is not mommy and daddy, well, and you're the like son. I don't care if you know your little little jokes. That's fine. I'm all about the jokes. But you know what? If it doesn't I had a that sinus, way. I had a quasi sinus infection that might come back. Just so you know, because well, it's been dripping. Okay. I'm just letting well, you know. I, I, I I'm more it. concerned right now, Moose, not about you and I, I'm about Zach. I hope he's okay. That's yeah, all. Well, he's back to work, and I hope he feels better. Because that stuff can be nasty. Just like I said to you, welcome back. Good to see to you again. To tongue of Viola. Well, yeah, because if someone misses one day, <laughs> uh, here's what's going on? your report. What's going on? I'm Andrew Coates. Thanks, Pete. It's a Guys, sport. This report on? is sponsored by what's Geico. What's going on, uh, Great news. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. James Harden scored 50 points last night in San Antonio, but the lead story is the two points he didn't get. Harden dunked in the fourth quarter, but the Nets spit the ball back up onto the rim, confusing basically everybody, but in particular the referees. The basket didn't count. The refs said the Rockets missed their 30-second window to challenge while they were arguing. Houston led by 13 at that point. But Mike D'Antoni's team ended up in overtime. We just quit playing defense. We quit getting back. We turned it over silly and didn't get back. And 
And then we lost and they got hot and they made shots and uh, we just didn't do anything to combat it. The Rockets finally losing in double OT, 135-133, when Harden was called for a charge with eight-tenths of a second left. The Rockets said to be confident the league will address the bungled call. It's been 11 years since the league ordered part of a game replayed because of an officiating error. A routine 117-97 home win for the Clippers over the Blazers. L.A. now 13-1 in L.A. The Lakers got a 105-96 W in Denver. Both LeBron and Anthony Davis scored 25. Luka Doncic had 32, or 33, that is, in the Mavs. 118-97 victory in New Orleans. And the Heat blew out the Raptors in OT in Toronto. Siakam, pass intercepted by Jimmy Butler. Jimmy goes in, two-hand jam. Seven points for Jimmy Butler in overtime. And Miami now with a 115-108 lead. 4.05 left to go in OT. It's Butler time here in Toronto. Mike Inglis on Heat Radio. Miami outscored Toronto 13-2 in extra time to win 121-110. Butler finished with 22 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia still atop the college football playoff rankings with one weekend left. Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor on the outside looking in. Alabama drops from 5th to 12th for losing at Auburn. This is the lowest the tide has ever been on this list. College hoops, Louisville handled number 4 Michigan 58-43 in its first game at number 1. 10th ranked Duke in 87-75 W at number 11 Michigan State. Number 15 Memphis fought off Bradley 71-56. As you guys have been discussing, Ron Rivera out as Panthers head coach after eight-plus seasons. 76 wins, one Super Bowl appearance. Secondary coach Perry Fuel is the interim replacement. Norv Turner moves to assistant to the head coach. And Scott Turner replaces his dad as offensive coordinator. The Steelers will start Devlin Hodges at QB Sunday in Arizona, and the Saints re-sign linebacker Manti Teow with A.J. Klon and Kiko Alonso Hurt. The New York Yankees expected to meet with free agent pitcher Steven Strasburg today after Garrett Cole yesterday, and on ice, overtime in Nashville. Sergachev again turns to Stamkos high slot. Stamkos right circle, shoots, Dave Mishkin, Lightning Radio, Tampa Bay, a 3-2 win in Nashville to snap a three-game slide. And I'm going to leave now. All right. Uh, Thank you. Uh, You mentioned the latest college football playoff rankings. Uh, They came out last night. And you talked about Alabama dropping, as they did from number five all the way down to number 12. And uh, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide certainly out of it. And now you look at Ohio State uh, as they get set to take on Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game, sitting at number one overall. Number two is LSU as they get set to take on Georgia uh, in the SEC Championship game. Uh, Clemson, number three. Georgia, number four. So we know the importance of the SEC title game for them. Utah getting set to take on Oregon in the Pac-12 Championship game. And then it's Oklahoma getting set to take on Baylor. Uh, in the Big 12 championship game. And those are your top six right now as it stands. And certainly, uh, Taz, when you look at it, I mean, those are the uh, the six teams that are in play in terms of uh, playing for a national championship this year. Yeah, I, I personally think it's right. My opinion, you know, I, mean, I, I think they got it right so thus far. I mean, it is kind of weird, though. I mean, no matter if it's right, wrong, or indifferent about Alabama, you know, sitting at 12, I mean, it's just weird. I'm not saying it's not correct. It's just odd to look at that. Like looking at it on paper, it's just odd. You know, they just they're they're out, 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 
And obviously Auburn, Auburn, as you said, is right above them at 11, and they should be, you know. So it's just weird not seeing them in the top, nevertheless, top four, but not even in the top five, six, seven, eight, nine, top ten. They're not yeah. even there. It's crazy, right? I mean, if you think about the, uh, Alabama yeah, and that brand, yeah. it's weird, right? Yeah, so, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, I think it's probably deserving where they're sitting right yeah, now, uh, yeah. sitting at 12, uh, following their loss. Uh, in the Iron Bowl uh, against Auburn. And and so, uh, you know, as we talked about and laid out the other day uh, of of what is on the line for the, each of these respective teams and kind of you and I, I believe we're in agreement. I mean, I think of Oklahoma, if LSU beats Georgia and Oklahoma beats Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, I do believe Oklahoma is going to be your number four seed over Utah. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did agree on it. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I agree. I mean, I, I it's... Yeah, I think this is going to play out interesting a lot. Uh, interesting, very interesting enough, I should say. I like. I think just like we said last week, I'm pretty sure we said this, the top three, like Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson, I don't think that's going to change. You know what I mean? I don't. You know what? I don't. I really don't. I don't. Not and and it was interesting to hear the comments from Dabo Sweeney, where he basically came out and said that uh, you know the it was critical of the college football playoff selection committee. And saying that they're looking to get Clemson out. Uh, maybe he's using that as motivation for his players. But I agree with you. I mean, I, I think if LSU loses uh, to Georgia, I think LSU is still in. Uh, I think if Clemson loses, I think they're still in. Right. And I think if Ohio State should lose to Wisconsin, I, I still think that that they are in. Um, now, does it matter stylistically? Say if Oklahoma barely beats Baylor. Right. Uh, you know, it has to have maybe once again a miraculous comeback against the Baylor Bears and Matt Rule, and Utah just absolutely drubs Oregon and beats them, say forty-two seven, and it's it's no contest and it's one of those Wait, daylight hold on, you said victories. You said Utah. Let's say Utah destroys Oregon, right? Say, say, right, right. My right. point being, we're right now as we stand, we think Oklahoma if they win right. and and LSU beats Georgia, right. that Oklahoma is going to be the four. Now I'll throw another like kind of wrinkle into the discussion. Right. Right. Does it matter the way that they win? My point being <sighs> is that if Utah destroys Oregon and Oklahoma barely beats Baylor, defense looks atrocious. You know, forty-one thirty-nine final. Right. They need a last-second field goal to win it. Would you still put Oklahoma at four, or would you give be more open, even with the lesser out-of-conference schedule, even with less top twenty wins, um, and even coming out of the Pac-12? Would you then give a little bit more credence to Utah? Would you think, or do you think the selection committee would give more credence to Utah? Being the four seed, if they if that should play out that way, I I would give it more towards the Utes to Utah. I would. If, I think, but I think right. But if if yeah, I would. I think the com- the committee though would lean more towards Oklahoma because OU the Sooners, sexier name, sexier program, uh, and, and Jalen Hurts. The story of him being with Alabama, it's a great story. And now he he left Alabama, transferred over, and he, and he's kicking ass with the Sooners. Um, I'd love to see it happen if Utah could beat up on Oregon, which is going to be tough. Oregon comes in thir- ranked thirteenth in the country, to ten and two. Um, I believe, uh, I believe Oregon's plus seven or plus six or something like that. I, I-, I think that's going to. They both have tough games, meaning Utah and Oklahoma. That Oklahoma Baylor game is going to be great, but I do think the Oregon Utah game is going to be great. Uh, as far as because we're talking about that, that that you know, what could happen between those two teams, meaning Utah and Oklahoma, who would you know. 
what about you? Do you feel uh, like I'm not so sure because I, I think when you look at the resume, uh, I think Oklahoma's resume would be better, right? Uh, right. Man, that, it'd be tough that, to argue that. No, I, and, I understand. And I, I think um, you know more top twenty wins. I think it's a better overall conference when you look at the Big Twelve as compared to the Pac twelve, uh, how it's played out this year. Um, I I do think Oklahoma now. You know, the question I would have then would be how close is it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, Utah yeah. and, and Oklahoma right now are sitting there at five and six respectively. You know, and, and Utah going into the final weekend and going into their championship game against Oregon, Taz, they're five. Right. And Oklahoma's six. Right, right. So then, you know, we're painting an equation then of, of Oklahoma barely beating Baylor <laughs> and Utah taking care of business and doing it easily against Oregon. So if you're a Utah U fan, you're saying, well, what more can we do? How could you have a team then drop from, say, you know, from five behind, you know, a, a team that's behind you if we do and take care of business and do it, you know, easily? Just say like they did to Colorado this past weekend. Right, right. And it's, you know, that kind of a win where it's a dominant Utah celebration. Why do we then deserve to drop behind Oklahoma with the the fact that Baylor is you know, the eighth-ranked team in the country, or sitting here, they're the seventh-ranked team in the country, <clears throat> and they've had a better year, and it's a much more, as they say, week-to-week, the fact that they would beat Baylor at seven and Utah would beat Oregon, who's sitting at 13. I guess then that would be the argument say, well, that victory put Oklahoma over Utah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that I guess that would be the argument to me. Yeah, right? no, yeah, no, it would be. You know, you, you, you're dead on, no doubt. Um Man, I'll tell you. I, I mean, I've watched. I watch Utah play just like you have, and they are just. Uh, they're fun to watch. I just like to see them. Just advance. I would just. I mean, nothing. No, no knock on Oklahoma. They're they're a lot of fun to watch too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's kind of they're, they're both really intriguing, interesting teams. I just feel like for the Pac-12, I like the Pac-12. I'm one of these guys who watches the late night games on Saturday night. I, I so I'm dialed, dialed into a lot of those games and. So I, I'm kind of rooting for them. I guess that's why I would lean towards Utah, uh, even though they don't have, like you said, the strength of schedule is better for Oklahoma and, and their victories. I think Utah had a loss against SC, and I believe Oklahoma's loss was against K-State, if memory serves me. So both interesting losses for both teams. But, um, yeah, we're going to see how it plays. There's, there's, but to the point, the overview point, there's some great games coming up this this Friday. Oh, it's gonna and Saturday. be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean it's gonna be fun uh, watching uh, you know all these conference title games being able to be played out. Um, but you make uh, you you said is a good point. Like, are, are they? Does it matter how like some of these teams these in these top four or five teams or six teams? How do they win? How much do they win by? I think that's a very important thing to say, and that, that's you're right. Well, yeah, it, it's just a case of saying, you know, uh, you know, are you going to look at a style or is you going to just say, okay, we won? Right. You know, right. is it going to be a dominant victory or is it a case of we won? And you could make the other argument as well. You could say Utah barely survives against Oregon. Right. And Oklahoma blows the doors off of Baylor. Right. And Jalen Hurts has six touchdowns and they right. win the game 42 10. Then, then Oklahoma's going to say, we deserve to be there. Right, and Hurts right. is an amazing story. So I think it's fascinating. You're going to feel bad for one of the programs. Uh, yeah. You are. And, well, really, and, and Georgia it doesn't have anything. They control their own destiny. If Georgia beats LSU, they're in. They're locked in. No, yeah, you're they're right. locked in, and that's, we don't have to debate Utah or, Oregon, cur- or Oklahoma. That's, uh, that's true. I, I, you know, Because when you get into that Oklahoma-Utah the, the conversation, you forget about that, what you just said. Because yeah. Georgia goes and, and beats LSU this Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be tough. But if they could do that, then hey. Then, then thanks for coming, Utes. Thanks for coming soonest. 
I'll tell you what, though, uh, Clemson, and then we love Dabo Sweeney, and who's came on the show, and and they're a great team. But man, uh, that just goes to show the ACC. They're playing UVA, and dude, they they're gonna blow the doors off UVA. They have nothing. There's nothing. That's that's the as far as these top teams. That's the easiest matchup. I mean. Uh, and then second easiest, which is going to be easy too. Ohio State's going to beat the daylights out of Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, but those other games we're talking about, Utah and Oregon, that's going to be a battle. Baylor and Oklahoma, dogfight. Yeah, it's going to be. You're, you know? you're right about that. I, I think it also tells you where you know we talked about the the lack of lack thereof in that ACC, which is a uh, dreadful conference yeah, outside of Clemson. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bad. Unless it's college across, like I said. Yeah, there's that's a lot good. of yeah, yeah. There's a lot of doormats when <laughs> yeah. you look at the college football. But want to hear from you at eight five five two one two four CBS. What's your thoughts on the latest college football playoff rankings? What about Utah and Oklahoma? How do you think it plays out? Obviously, Georgia controls their own destiny, but who would you put in? If LSU beats Georgia in the SEC title game, Oklahoma wins, Utah wins. Who gets that four spot in uh, the last edition of the college football rankings? Want to hear from you. Taz and the Moose with you on this Wednesday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Uh, let's go out there. We're talking about college football, by the way, and everything with the rankings. Let's go out to Sacramento, yes. talk to Austin, uh, listen to 1140 AM. Austin, you're on with Taz and the Moose. What's up, buddy? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Appreciate you taking my call. So I think this topic is fascinating. Uh, I'll start with this. I want to go to eight teams. A lot of people who are purists want to stay at four. Hell, they want to go back to the BCS and just stay at two. So I think we should meet in the middle because we're also trying to limit the hits on these players. So hear me out for a second if I can get a little latitude. If we go to six, we can kind of appease both parties, not go to eight, not stay at four, but we get all power five conferences in and then maybe one at large or whatever you call it. Okay. The top two uh, seeds, if you will, will have one game fewer. We're basically going to have a wild card. I find this fascinating, and I don't think this is going to happen. So uh, I'm not pretending like this should happen tomorrow. They'll probably go to eight before they go to six. But I think six would be intriguing because you would limit the hits again on the top two teams, and then you would also get all conferences in. Now, Utah fascinates me because – uh, for the first time in forever, I'm a West Coaster. Uh, the Pac-12 is relevant. My God. So I'm not saying we have to get all Power 5 conferences in because for the fa- past five years, I don't think we deserved to have anybody from the Pac-12 into this thing. So uh, I just want the six best teams. Maybe we can meet in the middle. I'd love to hear your thoughts, gentlemen. Take care. Yeah, it's, right, thanks, it's interesting Austin. where you have the six and then you have the bye for the top two teams. Then you'll get into the debate in terms of teams two and three if there is one, say, for argument. Like when you look at this year, LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State, there's not a lot of teams, not a lot that separates those three teams. So who, in essence, the debate then would rage on Taz in terms of who is team two that gets that bye 
um, into the next round as you know teams three, four, five, and six battle it out initially to get to those national semifinals where you have the top two seeds uh, sitting there. Um, <clears throat> I like the whole idea from Austin in terms of um, trying to get all power five conferences involved. You know, however, he, you know he did provide the little caveat at the end in terms of you know some years that you're you're not going to have that because you're not going to have a deserving conference <laughs> champion coming from one of those top five conferences right. or the power five conferences that need to be represented in the college football playoff. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand what he's saying. I mean, it, and look, if you're going to go with the power five of, of you know the Big Ten, ACC, the Big Twelve, uh, SEC, Pac twelve. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it, but I I don't know. I feel like. You go eighteen. I'm all in for a playoff. By the way, I think it needs to be done, and and I we've even talked about in the past, and where I, I've well, kind expanded of saying, playoffs. You mean expanded playoffs? That's what I should say expanded playoffs. That's correct. Thank you. But like the way the NCAA basketball does it, and I know it's different. There's more teams, and it's a much longer tournament. I understand that you can't go that deep, but it's great because every conference winner gets an opportunity. You know, so if you're you win the Mountain West, you win the MAC. You know, and and you're in this. You're, you're a college football program, and, and you win the Sun Belt Conference, so now you're not getting a shot. You know what I mean? Like, if if you do eight, like to his point, you're doing six with Austin's point. I'm just saying, I, I, I if you're a really good player, or there's a bunch of really good players, or a really good coach on a team that's a, a, a Mountain West team, you should have an opportunity, too. I mean, they even if you shorten the season a little bit and extend these playoffs the right way, I mean, like... Kind of a, a mini model of NCAA basketball. I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. A lot of folks have talked about this. Something needs to happen. I think it's better than remember the BCS thing was horrible. Yeah, no, that that was. This is better now, at least. No, a bit, it's better know? now. I think then you're um, you're messing with the model of the regular season. Um, with, with how depending on right. how far you advance it know, or expand I know, it. I know. Um, you know, I, but don't you have to moose like um, to get it right? Like to, I'm just saying to get if you win your confidence. I mean, I know this is the conversation, and, and you know, it, shouldn't you get an opportunity to be in a quasi tournament or an extended playoff, whatever you want? The to call problem it. is, is is the timing um, and the I amount know, of time know, and I the know. amount of games. Then you're going to ask for college athletes to go out there and play over the course of a over a season. Uh, if you're not going to shorten the regular season and. You know, nobody wants to shorten the regular season, go from, say, 12 right, right, to no, – because not everyone's going to be part of the playoffs. True, true. So true, you're talking true. about a finite amount of teams as compared to the amount of college football that's being played over the course of the year. And, you know, are you going to give up home dates? You know, are you going to give up – you know, there are some teams that don't draw. But if you're – you know, you're Ohio State, they generate – their athletic <laughs> department, they generate yeah. $63 million a year yeah. no, that's a great in point. ticket sales. Oh, you're right. I mean, think about that. Sixty, they're athletic. They, they people buy sixty-three million dollars a year, right. to go see Buckeyes. Not just football. Yeah. I'm talking about everything. I know. So I know. you're an athletic department. Now all of a sudden you're going to say, "All right, we're going to take one game away from you." That's a huge amount of mo- yeah. money that's coming in. Yeah, that's when you're packing the big horseshoe with a hundred thousand right. people. Same thing with, with the other programs like yeah. the LSU's and the Clemson's no or the Alabamas and yeah. Oklahomas and Georgias. No, yeah. The money factor for those programs to agree with that and to shorten their season, the money factor, like you just laid out, of losing all that money is a huge thing. That's a good point. I just feel like let's I'm get not it saying right, it's you know? not right let's for task. Right. If, if you're banking on the idea, I'm, I'm asking SEC schools to take away, say, a home game for the uh, for the chance of being in a playoff game. Yeah, it's, it's 
It's tough. It's a tough well, ask. It's difficult. The money. I mean, that's yeah. difficult to ask. I'd I mean, love to see it happen as a fan, but no, you know, I get, I get know. what you're saying. But I understand. You know, what it, you're would, saying. it would be a good thing for college football. Sure. All right, Jerry Jones believes Jason Garrett will be coaching the NFL next season, but where? We'll explain. We'll get into it. Taz Booth, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.